One, two. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Curio House podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am very, very excited for today's guest. We've got Sean Taylor from Inspect One Home Services here. Sean does every single one of my home inspections because he does a great job taking care of all my clients and really does a thorough job going through and inspecting the home from top to bottom, start to finish, and uh, and is just not one of those guys that ever slacks off one bit. So, uh, you know, we created the podcast here to take some of these interesting conversations that we have throughout the day in the real estate world, and we wanted to bring them to you and make these conversations and this information available to you. So, Sean, man, thank you so much for coming. I really appreciate it. It's great to have you here. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yeah, for sure, man. So, uh, are you are you local Guthrie Guthrieite? I well, I grew up in Edmond, uh, but. Towards my teenage years, I, I started meeting some people from Guthrie, so I kind of, you know, hung out in between, and uh, so I always had a lot of Guthrie friends, plus Edmund friends, and my, my wife's from Guthrie, so okay. over the last uh, several years, we've kind of migrated into Guthrie, so I would say I'm, I'm a Guthrieite now. Guthrieite? So. <laughs> I think that's right. We, we still live, you know, a little further south than Guthrie, but we're in the process of kind of getting up here uh, full time. Nice. So that's awesome, man. Yeah. And uh, and you've got a couple kids that go to school here in Guthrie, right? Yeah, we've got three that go to school in Guthrie, yeah. and uh, one that is in uh, a Mother's Day out pre K and here in Guthrie. So okay, uh, awesome. And we've got two two juniors and a eighth grader. So oh my god, you got uh, your hands full. Yeah, yeah. We're <laughs> we're a, a big blended family, so we've got six, uh, six. all together. You know, uh, we've got I've got two older ones, and my wife has three. And then okay. we have one together. Wow! So, uh, uh, it keeps us busy. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. How do you How do you have time for home inspections? You know, uh, <laughs> luckily you can kind of you, you can kind of plan your day. Yeah. You know. So, yeah. Uh, it works out. Uh, my wife's a real estate agent as well, so nice. she can kind of work her way, her her schedule around the kids as well. So That's it awesome, it works man. out for us. Cool. How long has she been selling real estate? Uh, four years. Okay. Very yeah. nice. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So uh, I'm, I'm kind of curious, you know, we, we interact a lot, mm-hmm. uh, but we don't always have the time to like sit down and chat and, you know, uh, kind of get this, the small talk stuff. And so I'm interested to get to know you a little bit more and, um, you know, find out kind of what was the, uh, the thing that propelled you to get started in, in home inspections and, and how did you get into the greater real estate, you know, umbrella, right. so to speak? You know, uh, n- Pretty soon after high school, I got into residential construction. So I started out as a frame carpenter and moved into a, a trim carpenter and cabinet builder. Uh, so I built cabinets and did trim for around 18 years. Uh, nice. In, in the residential construction area, all around Edmund Guthrie. And uh, so as I am getting a little older, you know, I wanted something that wasn't quite so tolling on my body. Yeah. You know, wasn't, wasn't so, so much uh, labor. And uh, so inspecting kind of was a natural transition uh, to go into. Yeah. So Was it something you ever thought about before? Or? I had. Uh, so I've been, we've had the business for three years now, but almost 10 years prior, I had started getting interested in it and looked into it a little bit. Uh, it was back when in 07, 08, Everything oh. kind of crashed a little bit. Work was a little slow, so I started looking into other opportunities, and and then work got busy again. 
Mm-hmm. And I just kind of kept on working and doing what I'd always done. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, uh, and also back then I wasn't, I was a single dad and, uh, so didn't have a lot of time to do all that. So, yeah, no you kidding. know, been remarried for 10 years now and, uh, you know, that opens up a lot more. Yeah. You know, you, you're, you're not so stuck to, I've got to have something. I can't take that chance right now, you exactly. know, cause I got people dependent on me. Yes. You know, yeah. so. And it's really hard when you're when you're thinking about starting a business or when you're thinking about scaling your business. Right. And you start thinking about taking these, you know, financial risks or, mm. you know, going out on a limb on something that's going to take a lot more of your time. It's it's hard to justify that when you know you've got, you know, people that are dependent right. on you to keep right. this income coming in. Absolutely. Uh, my my wife and I, you know, she when she's on a job uh, and she works in in movies she decorates sets for feature film. And so when she's doing that, it's the kind of job where it absorbs you, you know, uh, 110%. Mm-hmm. It's 12, 14 hours of your day every single day. Uh, it's, we always, you know, we worked together for a long time and it was the, the kind of thing where, uh, you, you like, you get home, you kind of decompress, eat some dinner, go to sleep, get up and do it all over again. Right. You know, there's right. not time for anything else. Mm-hmm. And so uh, now that I'm in real estate, she's still doing the movies, but, um, you know, there might be times where I'm really busy and I don't have the time to do anything around the house. And then there's times where um, she's on a job and she doesn't have time, but I might be around the house more. So we kind of help each other, you know, pick up the slack and take care of things around the house and everything and helps a lot being able to leverage that person. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And it's the same way in, in our household, you know, Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll be gone a lot during the week and, and, uh. Amanda works out of the house a lot, you know, so, uh, but on the weekends when she's running a lot more, you know, than, than I am, then I can kind of pick up the slack and, yeah. and, and run the kids here or there, whatever we need to do. It's a partnership. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, man, I got to tell you, like, I, I, one of the things I really like about your home inspections, because obviously who does the home inspection is always uh, up to the buyer. Um, you know, I, I can't use you for every single transaction, um, but I recommend you for every single one. Right. Uh, and the reason is I, I really like the way that you take the time, you know, you go through the house top to bottom, you really, you know, dig it apart. I always say it's like ripping the makeup off or wiping mm-hmm. the makeup off and you get to see what's really there. And then you spend time at the end of the home inspection, kind of going through a summary with the buyer so that they understand what all these pieces are. Um, and you've got an incredible report. And uh, not every home inspector has such an easy to read report and, uh, and, and all of the systems in place that you do. And I'm, I'm just curious, like when you were getting into this, did you like sit and design all this stuff and make your app and everything? Or, or like, how did you get started branding your business and, and getting off the ground? And cause I mean, from the outsider looking in, like you've got a really cool business model here. Right. Well, I appreciate that. I've, I've never really looked at it that way. You know? Really? So. I'm, I feel like I'm just kind of stumbling along and you know, <laughs> just give it your best shot, you know, yeah. and see what happens. But, uh, well, you, it's, it's you know, working, man. Yeah. They, they make it really easy for you. You know, they, they have a lot of, uh, different softwares out there, home inspector softwares. Okay. And so I did, you know, the research and, and I went with, you know, one of the most modern ones, you know, of course it is, it costs a little bit more and, you know, you've always got, you know, some of the other inspectors saying, oh, you don't need that, do this, you don't need that. But mm-hmm. You know, I feel it really makes a difference, you know, and, and I've been told that more than once. So, uh, so picking the, the, the proper software, I think, uh, can really help your business. It makes it easy, you know, so, but ever since then, I'm always working on, 
building my my template you know yeah. sometimes i i like it w- one way and then the next day i'm like no i don't like that at all and i'm and i'm changing stuff up just a little bit because and i think that goes back to me being a, a cabinet builder where it's it's all in those little details oh always to me you know yeah. so it's it's all about the details and it'll drive me nuts if i feel like just one little something's just off yeah you know so uh yeah, yeah. That's cool. That's cool. How long did it take you once you decided, like, hey, this is what I'm doing? How long did it take you to like get up and running? Did you kind of toy with it for a while, or did you just dive into it? You know, I uh, I kind of just dove in, but I did. Uh, I would. I, I got the software, and and I, I I would go to my mom's house, to my house, to a friend's house, and run, you know, mock up inspections on it just to kind of get okay. used to it. Uh, but really, I I've been so fortunate is you know, to have friends in the industry. And once I got that license, I really wasn't afforded a lot of time to practice. I kind of got thrown in because it, it just kind of took off like that. Yeah. And I didn't expect it to be. Wait, so you had the quick, business kind of uh, out of the gate. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. Man. You know, it only, it only took me about six months to go full time. Wow. You know, so for the first six months and I started in October. So I started, you know, when it was kind of on the tail end of the busy season getting into the slow season but by sure. may uh i didn't look back and that's all i've done since that's awesome so, so by the time you were you were in it and starting to get a foothold and you know really like you know you got your feelers out there you're figuring the whole thing out right boom comes around may and now it's it's getting into the busy time and from there it just took off yeah it took off and and uh you know a lot of it at, at the first we're, we're we're good friends so i'm like well I don't have to worry too much, so I don't think they'll fire me right out the gate, you know. So, yeah. but you know, it worked out. I've been uh, around houses my whole life. My, you know, my dad was a heat and air man, and uh, so I always was around him. You know, working. We had rentals. You know, so that's how I made money as a kid. Was, I was doing make readies and, and cleaning up homes and fixing drywall and and stuff like that. So I've always kind of been had my foot in in that uh, kind of work for a long time. So I know my way around a house. So it was real natural and easy transition. Yeah, that's really cool. And uh, I, so I had some similar uh, upbringing. We were always just doing things. And and I was sort of the one that like, like you're saying, you know, that's kind of what you did for a living when you were a kid, you know, you got to fix things and take care of stuff and run errands for your parents and everything. Mm -hmm. It's very much the same for me. And yeah, uh, I like it though, because I, I look back on this stuff a lot and I think like, man, I'm, I'm really actually glad that this happened or that my parents didn't take it easy on me because like, while a lot of kids were playing and having fun and whatever, like I had stuff to do and, um, it kind of molded my mind and, and my work ethic. And so now, I mean, I like, I don't, I don't like using the term workaholic. Mm. Um, I, I believe in like life business integration, not work-life balance or separation. So I, I try and integrate, you know, my, my personal life and, you know, my wife and my marriage with the business and, and just, you know, she understands that it's, it's who I am and it's what I'm doing. And, you know, so we just, we kind of integrate those things. Anyway, I digress, but, um, yeah, man, that's, that's super cool. So, uh, let's see, I'm kind of curious to know, like from the moment you show up to the house, 
for home inspection, what are, what are some things that you're right off the bat kind of looking for? And, and actually we might preface this for, for someone that doesn't know, like when we're doing a home inspection, the, the way it usually works is our, uh, the, the real estate agent that's on the buyer's side or representing the buyer will, uh, recommend that they do a home inspection. And, uh, I, like I'll always recommend, you know, I kind of just recommend you just cause you've done well by me and you know, I, I, I like what you do. Um, and they may or may not have a home inspector they've used before. Um, more often than not, they, they kind of just want to go with, with our recommendation cause they have, you know, sort of come to trust our opinion. Um, and so we'll set up the home inspection and you're pretty quick about it. I can usually hit you up and, and within three days, four days, you're out at the house. Um, so you're super quick, but when you get there, what are some of the first things that you're looking for? You know, really, I mean, I find myself sometimes even not even out of the truck yet, and I'm already seeing little things, little details out of place that's like, pay attention to that, you know. And, and I like to stand back and get a, a wide look at everything before I move in. Okay. You know, so, uh, and I think that goes back to my con- my construction experience with the framing and stuff. You know, I, I know what goes into it. So when I can stand back and say, well, this shouldn't look like that there you know there's a dip here or you know you've you've got a weird transition on a roof or something that could could be a possible leak area you know so those are areas you want to take extra time and really dig into yeah uh you know you're you're looking at garage surroundings and stuff is there any anything out of place there Uh, any you know bows in that header going across there you know that may uh, tell you that there's something going on inside. Okay. Uh, and I like to look at the water meter when I roll up. We had one of those. Uh, you know, we had and, one of those pop up. And before I go in, and, and normally I kind of look look outside, and and uh, before I even go in and start any water, I like to check out the water meter because if there's any movement in there, then there could be possibly uh, some unseen leaks, or it could be as simple as a toilet running. Sure. You know, or, or they left the dishwasher running, you know, but then I've got that in my mind when I'm going in and starting everything to, to kind of be aware of. Well, and we had that one, uh, here in Guthrie mm-hmm. on South first street right? where you had called that out before we even got started. Um, you know, you had asked me if there's any water running in the house mm-hmm. cause the meter's running. And then you checked again after we were finished you know, confirmed all the water was off and you could still see the meter running a little bit. And so we're, you know, we're getting that squared away. The seller's taking care of that repair, but we would have had no idea if you wouldn't have called it out. Yeah. Until they got that first water bill after they move in. They're like, what is going on here? Yeah. Right. Where's this going? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, that's good to hear though, that, that we can catch little things like that. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. So, um, like when you're going through the house and, like from your perspective as a home inspector, um, what are some of the things that are the most important for you to keep an eye out when you're going through a house? And, and what are the things that you want to make sure that you catch for the person that, that hired you? You know, my structural issues and safety issues, I, I think, are my, my biggest thing. You want, you want to make sure you're, you're structurally sound and that you're safe in your home, you know? Now, there's going to be a lot of other stuff that we come across and a lot of general maintenance items, you know, but, but the big, big ticket items is really what you, is what I'm, you know, wanting to really pay attention to. Yeah. So, uh, and a lot of it's going to be general maintenance. And you're like, like you said, I'm, I'm very detailed. I, I, uh, 
and thorough with my inspection. Not that everything's wrong or bad, but hey, we can give you a recommendation on how to make that improvement, mm-hmm. you know, to where it's uh, best practice versus just okay quality, you know. Yeah. Uh, and and not everything's a, a major defect. It's just, hey, you know, uh, you might need some caulking around the windows that's going to save you energy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Stuff like that. One of the things I always hear you say is like, uh, you know, you'll want to get this sealed up, you know, you right. want to get this sealed up <laughs> and, and, and you don't always realize how many openings there are <clears throat> on a house right? until you start looking through these reports and talking with a home inspector. And then you kind of like your eyes are open and you're like, geez, there's like a million and one ways for water to get inside there your house. Is, and it doesn't take much, you know, no. and, and, and wasp and stuff too. And, 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 I feel like sometimes when I'm saying this stuff, I'm like, I'm just saying it over and over. And, oh, cause you and are. people are like, oh, that's <laughs> just a little hole there. And I'm like, but you don't know what can get in there, you know, wasp nest or whatever. I've, yeah. And that's just because I've seen it from personal experiences. Yeah. You know, uh, because at some point I was probably like, oh, it's just a little hole. But <laughs> no until you deal. get over there and start working on it and some wasps start flying out, I've actually been stung on the top of a ladder in the face. No. Sealing up a hole in a house, you know. So that's why <laughs> I'm like, hey, this is this could be a problem. I, I, I picture you, you know, up on the top of that ladder doing a Griswold. Oh man, you know, you know I, I came down that ladder pretty quick. Did you? You know, oh yeah, yeah. face swelled up for about a day. It was horrible. Oh, My wife man. laughed at me. It, it was it, was was it just one sting or? Uh, it was a few. Was it? Yeah, it yeah. was a few. Dude, that's so, no good. It, yeah, it was no good. Man. So, and it was from a a vent cover. That had come off. Really? You know, a bathroom vent on the side of the house. Oh, really? You know, and I went up there to put put a new one on. Yeah. And started pulling the, the flange out to put the the new one on, and here they all came. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that was a day. Dude, if for some reason, you just reminded me of uh, that house that we did on North Coltrane, um, North Guthrie, mm-hmm. and there were those weird holes on the side of the house. Oh, yeah. And... I didn't even really think twice about it. I, I, I mean, I kind of wondered like, what the hell is that? But I never really dug into it. And, uh, to find out that it, it was actually for bird control right. for, because of the material of the house, woodpeckers mm-hmm. would, you know, come sit on the side of the house and basically destroy your siding. Mm-hmm. And so they caught these, these woodpecker traps or they, I'm sorry, they made these woodpecker traps. That was the first I had ever even heard of that. I had never seen. I, I was blown away when really like <laughs> where the birds. I'm like, whoa! Yeah, <laughs> you're right. You know, and they had little perches up there, and yeah, and, and I guess they were uh, had something in there for them. But yeah. but at the same time, in the attic, I'm like, well, you've you've got a baseball sized hole in the side of your home still. Yeah, you know. Yeah, so that's that's a good point. Like, do you think there's any precautions in there to like? I don't know, seal things up? Because what if you've got rain coming in from the right. side well, or something? Yeah, and, 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 you know, that's 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 going to cause a lot of damage. You know, yeah. moisture causes a lot of damage. Now, something like that and the amount of rain we get, you know, it, it may take an extended period of time, yeah. you know, for it to be opened or to cause any real damage. But I want to say we, we, we had some staining on the ceiling in those areas too, I think. Oh, was the there? Area, yeah. If I remember correctly. It seemed like it, so could be right. Uh, but you know, so it, it could lead to more serious things like mold issues and stuff like that that could really be hazardous. So, uh, man, speaking of mold, I, I'm like running through all of our home inspections through my mind. Remember that one in uh, on uh, Tecumseh? This was out in like Shawnee or something, 
but there's that one that had the, uh, it was the gray house, had the vinyl siding, and um, the roof was kind of had all these dips in it. I remember you had said that you were worried about the siding because there were some openings at the top. Mm-hmm. And and then we ended up finding mold there behind some of the siding, right? And uh, and then I had ended up I was like, you know, searching for things on YouTube, and I found one of these videos where there's a, you know, a siding guy or somebody, and he's talking about this vinyl siding. And vinyl siding looked like it was in perfect condition, and he pulls the panel out, and there's just mold behind the panel. Mm. And I was like, okay, that's what Sean's always talking about, right? <laughs> you know. Right. And you don't know how long that has been there. Yeah. You know? And none of this stuff is that, it's none of it is um, things that a buyer would see right. by walking up and looking at a house. Right. And, and some people don't even, don't even think of, no. to think about that, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'll, like, as, as someone that goes in a lot of houses, your first thought is like, and I think everyone's different, but you know, you think about the floor plan, how is the layout? Is it functional? You know, you look for, you know, damage in the walls, Mm -hmm. floors, cracks, things like that. But you don't always think about the stuff that you can't see. Right. Right. And that I think is probably the majority of the stuff you want to look out for. Yeah. And you're just looking for little telltale signs. You know, Uh, I was in one the other day and, and, uh, I don't know what caught my eye, but it was a little piece of baseboard and it just looked a little puffed up. I thought, man, that looks weird, right next to a door. So it went into a, a door and I uh, went down there and felt it and it just felt mushy. Ooh. You know, I'm like, man, put the meter on it and sure enough, it was it was moisture there on the edge of that door. Yeah. And, and it was, so again, you know, I know that, I think, you know, working with wood for so many years, that caught my eye that, you know, that was out of place. Yeah. You know, on that baseboard. And that, that's what keyed me to kind Just of poke around on it and stuff, you know. Yeah. So, uh, Do you run into a lot of stuff like that that you can, that you think your uh, previous work history, like, gives you the ability to pick yeah. up? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's probably a good background to have yeah. for, for someone that's a home inspector, you know, coming from the construction and framing world. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I would, even when I was still a carpenter, say, you know, we'd work for different various builders and stuff. And I did always say the, the, the best builders used to be carpenters, you know, because as a trim carpenter, you deal with a lot of the aspects of the house, you know, because where you're putting cabinets, you got electrical, you got plumbing, you know, you, you got to know what to leave for the different trades, you know, and, and, uh, to make it all turn out right. You know, so you're involved in a lot of the process, uh, doing, you know, custom cabinetry and stuff. Yeah. That's interesting. I wouldn't have thought, I mean, it makes sense though, but yeah. you kind of, when, when you look at like the flow of new construction, you know, you kind of, it's this trades person, then it's this trades person. And then, you know, right. almost like they just right. go kind of in a line. And, uh, you know, a lot of it is like that. I was fortunate enough to get in with a, a good group to where we did, you know, all we did was custom stuff. So, uh, when we'd get in there, we wouldn't, we didn't just have plans of these cabinets are going here. These are cabinets going here. We were designing as we go. So we, we would spend minimum six months in a home, but wow. we built everything by hand there. You know, it was hundred percent custom. And, uh, so these, you know, yeah, these aren't track homes. No, no. Okay. Sometimes you'd get <laughs> half of it built and they didn't like it. No, just that, you know, they just couldn't see it. 
for some reason. And now that yeah. they're starting to see it, they're like, oh, we want to do this different. You'd rip it back down and, and rebuild it. You wow. Know? That, that wasn't un- not uncommon, you know. Okay. But we still got paid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, that's wild to to be, you know, a, a consumer and, and you're building a new construction home and you get, you know, half your kitchen done and you're like, wasn't what I wanted. Rip mm-hmm. it out. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's not a cheap. You yeah, know. I've I've been on jobs as long as eighteen months, you know, in home, big homes for a yeah. single build. Yeah, single build. That's incredible. Yeah. So you did you do mostly like luxury homes? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Nice. How did you get into that? Well, just like I say, I, the the group, I, the old timers that I got in mm-hmm. in with, you know, that's just kind of the niche they were already in, and okay, and so I started there. You yeah. Know, and uh, just got lucky. Man, that's awesome. You know, and and lucky to learn. From from some of those old timers that you know can do the cool stuff, you know they're not just throwing stuff together. Yeah, you know, man, I I look at uh, I'm uh, I'm a nut for crown molding or molding oh, yeah. in general. Yeah, but when I see like these stacks of crown molding mm-hmm. in some of these nice houses, I, oh yeah, it just makes me go googly eyed. Yeah, I love oh, yeah. it. I've done some 14, 20 piece crowns. Really, you know, in you know twenty, thirty feet. Well, but those buildings. those aren't easy. How big? You know, a ceiling or an entryway that's, you know, 20 foot in the air. Oh, my God. You know. That's wild. Yeah. And uh, those cuts are kind of complex. I, I redid yeah. the crown molding in our old house. And uh, trying to get your outside and inside corners right when you're doing, like, two, even two or three stacks. Right. Like, that is wildly difficult. Yeah. And there's different techniques besides just mitering. And, you know, on that miter, you got to cut it upside down and backwards. Yeah. You know, so yeah. you, you've constantly got to be seeing it in your head. Yeah. You know, but um, we used a, a technique uh, called coping a lot when we did our corners. Okay. So basically what you're doing is you're putting that back cut on there, but then you're carving out the profile so it fits over the other one. So you're not getting a joint oh. like this. The other one's fitting over and just kind of molding together. Oh. Right. Yeah. Well, that's pretty fancy cool. as hell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. You can get a good tight joint that way. No kidding. Yeah. I always, uh, not always, but there are a few corners where I finished up and I'd have, even if it was just like a, an eighth of an inch gap, mm-hmm. and then you got to kind of fill it in with some caulking right. and, yeah. you know, try and get it to look right. But Yeah, and of course on, on the, you know, if it, it was always, a, there's a difference. If it's painting, you can get away with more of that, but the wood that's staining, you know, you're not going to get any filler yeah. in those corners. So you no got to make it, you got to make it nice. That's cool, man. Cool. But, and if you didn't do it the first time, you start over until you get it right. That's yeah. wild. So, and it was always, we were always more about uh quality versus quantity. I think I've kind of taken that over into my inspection business as well, you know, cause I don't have, I'm not killing it with a hundred agents, you mm-hmm. know, but the ones I have are solid, yeah. you know, and uh, so I feel very fortunate uh, for that as well, you know. Well, and that's kind of a good place to be in when you can, at least I think, when you can get enough business that you're, you know, you're staying busy, you're paying all your bills, you're stacking some money away, whatever, and but you're not, you know, going so hard that, you know, it's like you got your hair on fire and, right. you know, you can't keep track of things and, you know, mm-hmm. missing appointments or whatever. That's, that's where, like, to your point, you, you start sacrificing quality right. for, for quantity. Right. And, and ever since I started my, my, uh, mission really, I guess you would, could say is, is to, uh, I'd always say, I don't, 
want a ton of agents to be running everywhere. I want a handful of really good agents that I can take really good care of, you know? So when you call, I can get there in a timely manner, mm-hmm. you know? And, uh, and it's, it's worked out. It blows my mind sometimes, you know, that I'm just an old carpenter, you know, yeah. <laughs> here I'm out running around, staying busy and, uh, yeah. doing something that, you know, just looking at houses, something I've always done, Yeah, you know? So it, it comes fairly easy. It comes you natural know, to you. It comes natural. Yeah. Dude, I, I think that's so cool. I, I think that's one of the most awesome things. And, um, it sounds like you almost have this, have you ever heard of imposter syndrome? Yes. Yeah. Right. I, yeah. I get the same thing. Yeah. I'll be doing something or, or like I'll be making a video or, or whatever. And I'm like, I can't believe like I'm, I'm doing this. This is weird. You know, it's yeah. like, I never saw myself here, but at the same time I feel perfectly comfortable like being here and, and doing it. It's just mm-hmm. weird. It doesn't feel like it's my right. life. Exactly. Know? Yeah. Cause right now, you know, yeah, just doing this, it's, it's like, I'm, I'm just an old carpenter, you know, how am I doing all this, you know? So, well, you're more than a carpenter. I mean, you, you, you can tell like when, when we talk, I right. mean, your knowledge base is so vast. Like we, we've had conversations, even just conversations in passing where like, I'll get little chunks of gold that you've thrown out almost just like passing. I'm like, I had no idea. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, it's good stuff though. I appreciate that. Yeah. So, uh, what do you see? Do you see yourself sticking with home inspection long term? Is it a business you enjoy enough to, you know, commit to it? For yeah, you know, it's it's always a a, a fine line. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, man, I'm getting busier and busier. Do I want to take somebody on? You know, but then I'm like, man, I did that so long. I ran crews. I've had employees. I really just want to manage my uh, schedule and and have time for my family, you know, because sure. at the end of the day, that's, you know, I have all I need there, yeah. you know, and the, and the good Lord provides for us. We, we don't want for anything, you know, so, uh, I, I, I want to work just enough to, 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 you know, to stay comfortable and, and spend the rest of the time with my family. That's you cool. know, uh, but, but staying with home inspections. Yeah. You know, I, I, I I'm always looking forward though. Mm-hmm. You know, so home inspections are good, but at the end of the day, I, I like building too, Oh, you know, so, or, uh, or, or, you know, redoing homes, you know, so I'd like to dabble in a little bit of that. Do I ever just leave home inspection? I don't know. You know, it's, uh, I like helping people. It, sure. It's cool to be there. Uh, for somebody that's making, you know, one of the biggest purchases of their life, yeah. you know, and you feel a certain responsibility to, to make sure that they're getting what they pay for, you know, that they're going to be safe yeah. in, in this home, you know? So that's a, that's a cool, a cool thing too. Well, and you kind of, or at least I, I see this when you're, let's say giving a summary to someone mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, I'm thinking of a few different people, but man, there's times where as the agent, I'm kind of standing there and I'm listening to you and, and watching the tablet and seeing all the things that you're pointing out for the buyer. But I also look at them and I, I see that they're just in this moment, like hanging on every word you say, because they just don't know, right. They don't know what these things are and, or what they mean or what they do. And so they're listening to you and they're like, I had no idea what, you know, yeah. oh my gosh. It, it can be a scary time, you know, and, and especially if, you know, you're a first time home buyer or something like that. And you really don't know the ins and outs of owning a home. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so, you know, my goal is to, to find, you know, 
every little thing, but maybe, you know, the safety items, structural items, you know, and I don't worry about writing too much stuff up because it's not about what's on that page. It's about how you communicate it. Mm-hmm. You know, communication is key and all that stuff really doesn't scare me because, you know, I've fixed it a hundred times. Everything's fixable, you know, but, uh, so yeah, I think it's just all about how you communicate that. Yep. Yeah. So, how, how you frame it and present it to them. Right. Right. Yeah. Cause it doesn't have to be scary. Everything no. can be fixed. Let's go back to the drawing board, see how we can work this stuff out. You know? Well, and that's really important because I, I have seen home inspectors before that even with small or smallish items, they will kind of put the fear of God in you. You know, they'll, they'll make you think like, Hey, you might reconsider purchasing this home because you know, this window seals broken. Right. And, right. and you're like, Hey guy, chill out. Yeah, you know, right. like the, we can replace the window or we can yeah. get that fixed. Absolutely. You know? And, and I, I think a lot of people think all this stuff, Oh my gosh, it, you know, a lot of stuff's pretty reasonable. Mm-hmm. It doesn't break the bank to fix some things. Yeah. You know, so, uh, you know, we have a, we have very unstable soil. So in, in Oklahoma, we got that, that clay, you know, and we experience these highs in, in temperature, you know, it gets really hot, it gets really cold in here, you know, which creates that unstable soil. So we have, you know, a lot of structural, you know, foundation issues on homes. And, uh, but I think when people hear that, they're like, oh my gosh, but in all actuality, peers aren't all that expensive. Mm-hmm. You know, you can get it done without, uh, just killing yourself. So, uh, well, I think so, with, with foundation specifically, there's that misnomer to your point right. where people think there's a foundation issue. That's $20,000. Right. And right. it, it could be a $2,500 peer exactly. or something like right. that. Could only need a couple and you know, you're looking at, you know, 1500, $2,000 and yeah, and you're good, yeah. you know, but yeah, I think there is that misnomer that, oh my gosh, you know, the house is trash and it's falling it's in gonna the ground. Take, you know, $20,000 to fix, you know? Yeah. So. So, um, how, how do you sort of dance the line between being honest with the client and, and, you know, showing and telling them things that they should potentially be concerned about without scaring them out of the purchase, um, you know, for fear of, you know, you're not right. gonna, this is going to break or you're, right. you know, how do, how do you sort of dance that line? You know, I mean, you just have to communicate well. You know, you, you say, you know, this could be a potential problem and this is why. You know, everybody's going to have their different views on uh, how bad they feel it is, mm-hmm. you know. So I think at the end of the day, really, you, you've you got to be really honest and you've got to say, if there is a major issue, you've got to let them know, hey, this could be a That's major a concern. You yeah. wanna, you'll want to address it, this immediately, but these things here, you know, caulking the windows or something like that, those could wait a little bit. You know, you could kind of do these items as you go. Yeah. But this and this should be addressed. Any electrical safety hazards, stuff like that. Uh, you don't want to give the impression that, oh, this isn't a big deal, you know, on, on items like that. Yeah. You know, so at, at some point you, you've kind of got to be that guy, you know. Uh, but like I said, you, you you don't have to get overexcited about it, but you really need to let them know that uh, what the hazard is and why. Sure. You know. Yeah. To your point, being honest and and just communicating it. Right. Right. Because you know you always get out there and you'll you'll see stuff and you're like, oh man, 
now I'm going to have to have this conversation today. (laughs) (laughs) What's what's the worst kind of conversation? Oh, just, you know, really, to me, it's electrical stuff because that can be so unknown. You know, it it could never have an issue or it could have an issue tomorrow. Yeah. You know, so uh, that's a big deal. Uh, And then, you know, structural movement, items like that, those don't get me real fired up, you know, because I'm like, that's a, that's a pretty simple fix. And most of the time the house isn't going to fall down on you. Yeah. You know, just needs a little shoring up here and there. Yeah. yeah. So with electrical, you know, like we're in Guthrie <clears throat> and a lot of our market here are historical homes. Right. And so we've got homes like ours was built in 29. And uh, I know we've, we've got some outdated electrical, um, but wh- how, how do you know when you're going through a home, how do you know if it's been updated or if it's still the old silk wires or like, what are some signs that you look for? You know, that, that's a tough, a tough deal because you can't see on those walls, mm-hmm. you know, and, and uh, but normally I'm starting with the panel, you know, okay. I'm going to evaluate that panel. I'm going <laughs> to look and see if there's uh, ground wires present and how many, you know, just, you know, to see if they've ran new wire to all those outlets. A lot of times I'll run new wire from the panel and go up in the attic and, and then junction into the wires coming down the wall. So you got the old wires coming down to the outlet. But the, the new, new wiring to the box. Right. Okay. Exactly. So, and that old wire might not have a ground present. Okay. You know, so then you, uh, you get people adding, everybody wants the three prong receptacles because they yes. accommodate everything. But then when you're putting those on with, without a ground wire, that's a, a grounding style receptacle. And uh, that's not okay. You know, that could give the false impression that your appliance or whatever is grounded when in it's actuality not. it's not, okay. you know, so the, so what, but, what's the, for someone that doesn't know, what's the safety hazard there? Uh, just, there's a potential for shock. Okay. You know, uh, if you think your computer's plugged into a ground or you've got your, uh, your, uh, surge protector plugged in there, you know, but there's no ground, then this potentially won't protect your computer and stuff is potentially not protected. Gotcha. You know, uh, and then added with the, the shock risk and, and stuff like yeah. that. It's just shock, not electrocution. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but there are, there are, you know, other means to, to make that operational. You can install GFI receptacles on there. So even though there's not a ground present, in essence, if you grab it, you become the ground. But they say, so that it will trip the power. Okay. You know? uh, so they say that's a acceptable means of putting a three-prong receptacle on a two. Okay. Wire system. Okay. So if you do have outdated electrical and you do want the three prong system, you could just install the GFI and correct. Okay. Not right. Worry about and it's got to be labeled no ground protection okay. installed. Gotcha. Uh, on that receptacle. What uh? And I know you're not an electrician by trade, but how hard is it for someone like if we wanted to rewire this house? Uh, is that is that a pretty big project? Yeah, it's a pretty big project. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean. Anything you have like on exterior walls, that's going to be harder to get to than just dropping new wire on your interior walls. Mm-hmm. So I'll see that a lot. You know, you'll see a lot of them that have been updated, but then there's all, uh, a lot of times there's a few on an exterior wall or something that's still ungrounded, you know, just because they couldn't get, or difficult to get new wire there. Yeah. You know. Makes sense. Yep. 
what are what are some other things that you kind of that you see that actually give you a little pause and, and you're like, oof, that could be bad. I don't know. <laughs> I know it's uh, like day to day. You know? <laughs> you're like, I see it all, man. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you one one of the things. Uh, uh, roofing. Yeah, man. I I've seen a couple of roofs with you where you see those like the dips right. and you know little peaks and valleys and mm-hmm. the sagging roof and it looks like if you took a step up there you might fall through. Right. Yeah. And there's been you know there there's some that you definitely put one foot out and you kind of <laughs> test the water <laughs> a little out. bit before you jump on out there. You know, and and with that there there could be multiple issues there. You know, so. I like to explain to people that we're like, we're the family physician. You know, you're sick, you, you've got aches and pains or something, and you go see your family physician. Mm-hmm. And then he says, well, yeah, this doesn't look right. This doesn't sound right. We're going to refer you to the specialist. You know, say if you have a knee problems or something, okay, we're going to refer you to the ortho. And there you're going to get further evaluation and get, you know, down to what exactly is the problem. So, you know, that's kind of our job. We're the family physician of the home. You know, that's a great so, analogy. Uh, 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 you see dips in roofs. You know, it could be multiple issues there. Uh, but a home inspection isn't that invasive. It's a visual inspection. So you recommend to the to the specialist to come in and, and do that little more thorough inspection there. I like that. You're the family physician. Just call me doctor. <laughs> <laughs> I might. <laughs> That's cool, man. So, uh, I, you know, I was meaning to ask you earlier when you said that uh, you were getting your business started and you you uh, had tossed around the idea of uh, partnering with more agents versus just keeping a few good ones. And it got me thinking in in your mind, from the perspective of a, of an inspection company owner and operator, who who exactly is your client? Because I know at the end of the day, it's the person buying the home. Right. But if you were marketing, would you market to the consumer or would you be marketing to agents and brokerages? You know, a lot of times we market to the agent. Yeah. You know, you want to get those referrals from, sure. from that agent, you know. Uh, a lot of people, you know, market online. Uh, I I do Google. I've got a Google page and stuff. So I I've, I get more than, it blows my mind what I, the calls I do get off just people researching me. You really? know, so, and... So I send out emails uh, after inspections, you know, and say, hey, if you if you were happy with our service, please leave us a review. You know, here's a, a link. So we've got nothing but five-star reviews, and and that helps. You know, I've been, been fortunate that I haven't had to do a lot of marketing, which is crazy. It's just kind of organically taken off. Really? You know, just stand up. Excuse me. Go out and be yourself and do a good job and, you know, Things will take care of themselves. Yeah. Man, I love that. And everyone I keep talking to says that. And that's that's like my philosophy is you go out and you take care of these people. You know, you do right by them. Right. And like my whole philosophy has been relationships over transactions. Mm-hmm. And I feel like um, by putting an emphasis on the person that you're working with, and taking care of their needs and, and making sure that, you know, you're, you're just taking care of the person, the money will all work out. Right. You know, it, that will just happen on its own organically, right? right? Just take care of the client. Yeah, absolutely. And I try to do my best to really, I don't know, it's just, it's just in me. I always go 
over and and above. You know, yeah. I had a an agent that called me the other day at probably four o'clock in the afternoon, and she says, "I'm over here checking TRR report repairs, and it doesn't look like anything's done. I close tomorrow at eleven. We want to try to get you in here to reinspect and just make sure all this stuff is done. How can you help me?" And I said. I'm on an inspection. I'll be done in about an hour, and I can head straight that way. You wow. Know? Now, this isn't an agent that keeps me uh, busy. She's a newer agent. I've only, that was the first job I've done for her. But I treat everybody as if they're my top agent. Yeah. You know, because like you, I love the relationship, you know, because life's about relationships. It is. You know, so let's go out here. Let's go check out these houses. Let's have fun. Let's engage in relationship and and everything else will fall into place. Yes. You know? Yeah. I, I really believe that's the case. And, um, I, I've learned so much since I started in real estate and, uh, I, one sort of reoccurring theme that I seem to keep coming back to is that for real estate, the sales part is done. It's gone hmm. because it used to be years ago that, uh, uh, like a real estate broker or brokerage would hold a listing, right. And, and they had the listing. And if you wanted to look at the house, you had to go to them to go look at the house. So they held all the cards. Well, now we've sold all the data to Zillow and Trulia and Redfin and, you know, realtors got it. And so now the consumer doesn't need you to look at or to look for the houses. They don't need you to look for the inventory. Um, they can look on their own, on their own time. What they need is someone that can advise them on the purchase or on a sale and guide and take care of them through the transaction. Mm -hmm. And so um, because of that, I don't think there's any need to sell people anymore. I think there, there's just, uh, and especially in a world where, dude, there's so much negativity. There's so many cons and scams and robocalls and stuff. People are done. Like if you come off as a salesy, slimy kind of anything, it just, it's a major turnoff. And so if you can kind of reframe that and, and come at it from a perspective where you're adding value and you're there to serve, I think that's where you really start to build relationships and, and, you know, grow and scale your business. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. Cool. So, um, what else, what else about, uh, home and actually, I know what I was going to ask you. So we talked about, uh, possibly going into like building, um, uh, oh, yeah. doing some contracting building. And I got to tell you, I would never want to lose you as a home inspector, but I think, uh, there is a fantastic opportunity in building right now. I was just, uh, reading some, uh, reports from NAR national association of realtors. And I learned that over the last decade, uh, in order to keep up with population growth in the U S we needed to build about 12 million new homes over the last 10 years. Right. Well, in that time, we only built about 6.8 million. So there's a pretty big deficit there. And now I think um, that is playing a huge part in the housing shortage that we have right now. Right. So there's this, you know, scramble by real estate agents to find uh, potential homes for their clients. And there's a lot of new construction that's listed on the MLS or on Zillow, um, but it's months from being completed. And I think there's just a shortage of builders, a shorter, a shortage of tradespeople, a shortage of lumber. I mean, oh, yeah. just everything. And, uh, but anyway, all that, uh, to say that, um, going into new construction, uh, and development, I think is a massive opportunity the next, you know, 10 to 15 years. Yeah. And, and that's not on my 
radar. It's, I don't even feel that it's really, and, and you never know what opportunity is going to come up, you know? So, yeah. but right now I don't feel like that's on in the near future radar, you know, but you know, like you said, five, ten, seven, eight years, possibly, you know, yeah. we, we've got other goals we're working on now and, and, uh, nice. trying to complete our home we're in now so we can build another one. <laughs> you hey, know? There you so, go. Uh, did you, you know, guys custom like build that. yours? Uh, somewhat. It was an older house that I'd bought and we added on right about 1200 square foot. And oh, wow. so I've done every bit of the work and, uh, and, and redone the whole house. So everything's up to date and new and modern and, nice. and, uh, but, but not where we'd, not our primary location where we want to be. Okay. You know, so where, where's your ideal spot? I'm just curious. Uh, you know, I like it out by, by the golf courses. Oh yeah. We spend a lot of time out there. We play a lot of golf and, and, uh, we, I like it out in that area, but primarily I'd like to have, you know, a little land. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So we, uh, we talk about the same thing. We, I think we're going to end up being in this house for about 10 years. Mm -hmm. And, uh, during that time, it'd be nice to be able to save up and kind of shop around, or if we find the right land, you know, before then, you know, we'd be open to, to buying it. But, um, I think everyone wants a little land right now. Yeah. You know, I, and I don't know if it's just always been like that or, or if it's been exacerbated by the pandemic, but I feel like people want to spread out there. They don't want to be in a neighborhood right. anymore and they're looking for space. Yeah. And you know, we live on two and a half acres now. That's a and, good bit uh, of land. Yeah. And, but I, we've, we've outgrown it. I'm like, <laughs> too close. I don't, I don't want to see anybody. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, yeah. though, you start getting up much more than that, you're gonna spend a hell of a lot of time mowing. Uh, oh, I know, I man. Know. So we have to have some livestock or something to there you take go. care of some of that. There you go. So. Last summer, um, I ended up having to hire someone to mow because I like this. So we are we're on a quarter acre. It's mm -hmm. a corner lot, um, but we've got the backyard, the front yard, and then the side yard over there. And I just have, you know, regular push mower. Right. And so, man, between mowing and weed eating and, like, if I did any fertilizer or something, I mean, that was like a four or five hour, yeah, it's you know, a, deal. It's not fun to keep up with all that. No. <laughs> and then if you have any trees. Yes. You know, I've got a good amount of trees. And it's like a never-ending story to pick up those dang sticks before those tree limbs before you mow no <laughs> that's the story of my life during the summer you know and uh we we constantly chase sticks because our dogs you know we've got two oh, dogs yeah. and something about just sticks they love them so you know we any any limbs that fall we cut them up and we've got this pile we stack them up neatly and then whenever we're doing a fire we'll pull that for kindling right well the dogs whenever they want to chew they'll pull it for a chew yeah. toy yeah but then they just constantly do that and yeah. so uh, i i make fun of one of ours uh she's our little pit bull she's a brindle uh, her name's tempe and i say she's like a little dragon because she's got her little horde of sticks that she'll she'll like go get a new one and then go back and like lay on her pile of sticks and mm. chew the new one and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, man. So, uh, uh, what else about home inspections? Man, you know they're they're pretty simple. Pretty simple. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna pull up a report and kind of run through it, but um, what are some things that you look at uh, during a home inspection? Like if if I'm buying a house. And I say, you know, Sean, what, what are you going to, what are you going to check out here? Like what, what are the things you go through? Well, first of all, you know, we're going to start with explaining that we do a visual inspection of all the visually 
uh, accessible components of the home. So basically, we're going to go in and run everything using the normal operating controls to make sure that they function as they should. Okay. Uh, I'm also going to run water uh, throughout the inspection in every every sink uh, just to really try to expose any kind of clogs, leaks that could be in those drain lines or, okay. or water lines. You know, uh, That's another big thing, moisture intrusion or, or water leaks. That's going to cause the most damage in your home and, and, you know, potential for mold and all kinds of other, you know, safety hazards. So, uh, I'm really big on the, the moisture intrusion structure and, and, you know, the, the, the major safety items, electrical and so, stuff like that. So, and that's interesting. You turn on all the faucets, mm. turn on the dishwasher, let yeah. it all run at once. And you kind of see what kind of a load right. it can take. And we did one recently, uh, here in Guthrie where mm-hmm. we did that and then came around and saw that, our sinks were about to overflow. Oh yeah, yeah. I've I've flooded a few. <laughs> Have you? you know, it's, just, <laughs> it's always pretty hectic when you do that. You know? <laughs> Running around looking for towels. You carry plenty of towels. <laughs> so, it, in a case like that, what what do you tell the what do you tell the buyer? Well, you know, you you, you tell them that they've got problems with their plumbing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think you guys have an issue yeah. here. <laughs> you know, there there may be a possible uh, uh, blockage somewhere in the drain line, and yeah. and we'd recommend a little further evaluation from a plumber. Okay. You know. Yeah. So if you find an issue, um, that, uh, because you're you're not licensed to fix this stuff, right? You're just licensed to identify and it. That's and, kind of the beautiful thing about it is I don't have to fix anything. Yeah, you, you know? just call it you out. Just call it out. Actually, that's like the perfect job. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> you just find problems with things. Right. You know. So uh, some of my friends would say I'm pretty. I would. I was made for that. You know. Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, so that's the exact kind of stuff we're looking for. And that was an odd deal, you yeah. know, because those sinks wouldn't drain at all as long as the dishwasher was running. Yeah, it's kind of As soon as that dishwasher thing. drained, those drains let loose, and and they flowed the rest of the time. Yeah. It was puzzling. I still don't know what's going on with that house. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's different. It is different. You know, we ended up bringing a plumber out to scope the lines mm-hmm. and heard that, uh, that there were a bunch of uh, tree roots growing right. into the sewer lines. And, um, so we were a little worried and, you know, consulted the plumber and the, with the buyer and it was going to be a a big repair project. They were going to have to cut the slab to get to the sewer line. And they were talking about between 11 and $14,000. And, um, then we got the video and we're going through and we like the only, I, what I think were tree roots looked like these little hairs Yeah, and just kind of coming out. But, you know, there's only like two of them kind of coming out of the wall and you could still see the water flowing and, and everything. Yeah. And we were like, man, I wonder, I wonder, like, what, where are the tree roots? <laughs> right, right. Uh, and, and you have to think, you know, I'm no, no expert on, you know, sewer scoping or anything like that. But you would have to think that if there was major blockage within tree roots, you're going to see some kind of buildup, toilet paper, stuff like clunks that. Clunks and you stuff. Know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, you think it would be pretty obvious. So we're still trying to find out if it's not tree roots in the sewer line, what is causing the, right. the you know, the backup. And right. It's just one of those things. But that's also a unique house. It is. Because that was, uh, it was built in 82 or 83, I think, and right. sits on two and a half acres. But it's built like a little cabin. Mm-hmm. Uh, you feel like it should be in the mountains. Right. You know, kind of like that log cabin or long home kind of thing and mm-hmm. slanted walls. You know, that's the thing about, you know, some of those houses that are out there is that you never know what you're going to run into, you know, because it's not like they have, you know, code inspectors coming by, checking on them. 
you know, when they're building outside of city limits. That's true. You know, so, uh, but, you know, besides the plumbing, that place, you know, I was surprised with the electrical. Everything was nice and clean. I was like, okay. Somebody that knew what they were doing came in and did this. But then, yeah. you know, just little things here and there. You're like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> what do I even say about this? <laughs> One of my favorite things is when uh, when you come out to a house and uh, and you're like, so what do they want to know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I love that. And that's always like, that's on like a rehab home or, you right, know, something that's just yeah. distressed and looks well. like trash and, and sometimes it is like that because you're like they're obviously going to go in and tear everything out it's like we can save each other a little time and, and money yeah. if, if you just let me know what you want to know and you know i'll check that yeah, yeah. <laughs> man you know that could be a cool kind of side business that could fit in with the inspection stuff is right. doing like renovations and flips yeah yeah it could yeah uh i i say all this and then i'm like but where would I fit it in? Because I am. Really <laughs> <laughs> Why don't I do it? You know, uh, but but maybe you know you know the certain time of year it would it would work out you know through the winter or something like that you'd have oh, that'd time be good. to, to uh, yeah. kind of focus on that get it ready for spring and yeah get it on the market and then get get geared That's, up uh, for for uh, home inspections you know through the busy season so that could work out. It, and your busy season sort of coincides with the the seasons of the housing industry, you know, so yeah. it'll kind of taper off in November, December, right. and then pop back up in April, May. Yeah, and, and, you know, what's so cool about, you know, my software, it's not just a, a template for the home inspections, go through, check the boxes or whatever. It, 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 uh, uh, it keeps up with all your metrics of your business and stuff, so I can get on there and track what I've done from month to month, year to year, oh, you wow. know, and kind of compare. And, you know, it seems like... Stuff kind of kicks back up around March, okay, and uh, July kind of dips off, which is weird, you know. Yeah. Holidays dip off a little bit, and then yeah. uh, this year November was real slow for me, slowest month I'd had in okay. a while, and uh, but it ramped back up in December. Wasn't that in wild? January, February, I'm like, all right, this is kind of crazy. Well, it is. It is really weird. And ev everyone told me that, you know, going into November, December, January is going to be really slow. Yeah. And that doesn't seem to be the case. Yeah. And it makes me wonder, um, I, I don't think we're going to see growth in the housing industry like we did in 20 and 21, but I think we'll still see a little bit in 22 with between rising interest rates and, and, you know, inventory levels still very low. Right. Um, I think we'll have to, we'll have to see more listings come to the market before, you know, everything really booms, but what's kind of your forecast for like, uh, cause you're in the housing industry. I mean, what do you see happening in the next year, 18 months? Man, you know, all I can hope for is that it would just kind of stay steady. Yeah. You know, I just like to be steady. I don't want to be too busy. I don't want to be too slow. Yeah. You know, so yeah. you get too busy and then you're like, all I do is work. I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I want to have fun. <laughs> Man, I wish I wish I had a personality like yours where I could think about that. Like I, I run on two levels. Yeah. I have like I am not doing anything or I'm going 110 percent. Right, right. You know, that's like that's like all I've got. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I say that and then I always seem to find myself having so much on my plate. You yeah. know, I'm like, no, I just want to stay right here. And then shoot, that doesn't happen. Yeah, you know, <laughs> man, I bet uh, I bet if you brought on like one more person 
like, uh, you know, maybe a younger guy that you could train up as yeah. kind of an apprentice. Right. And then, you know, slowly start delegating more to them. Mm-hmm. I bet you'd have the opportunity to kind of step back a, a couple days a week and focus right. on something else or whatnot. Yeah. And, and, uh, yeah, that, that I, I've thought, you know, I, I toss all of it around, but you know how it is finding people. That's my big worry. It's like, no it's gotta kidding. be the right fit. Well, and like, what's going on right now? Finding help. No one can oh, yeah. find any help. Right. right. Now. Yeah. And, and, you know, really what I would probably do would probably be somebody I've known for years that, you know, possibly had worked around, you know, I know how they work, Yeah, you know, and they're looking to move a little forward as well. Yeah. You know, so that would be ideal, but you know, who knows? It, it may just be some random, somebody <laughs> random dude ready to get into <laughs> it. And, you know, you like, you know, you know, you like what they, they say. Yeah. So we'll Man, see, we'll see where it takes me. I saw a, uh, I saw a inspection duo once. It was kind of mm-hmm. interesting. They they picked one room of the house and like got a little fold up folding tables set up and mm-hmm. set up a computer and they had like these two-way radios. Yeah. They had like the boom mics and stuff mm-hmm. and the one guy would go and you know he had his tool belt and his flashlight and he'd get into stuff and he would just call out on the radio everything he saw and the other guys in the back, you know, taking notes and yeah. filling out the report. And then uh by the time they were done, they had they had the report ready, and I was like, well, "That's kind of neat." Yeah, and, but, and I, I so when I bought my house twelve years ago or so, and I had a home inspection done, and and that's the way they were, really. You know? And back then, he just had a laptop, you know, and he set it up on the counter, and one guy, yeah, went around doing everything, and and uh, yeah, by the time they were done, they they printed out, but it wasn't anything like the reports uh, you see now. No, it was just a couple page of, this is what's wrong. Yeah, you know, so it's, yeah. it it seems to have changed a lot. Yeah. Since then. Well, one of the things I like that you do, like we were talking earlier about your report, is you literally have pictures of. I mean, if you've got loose electrical outlets, you take a picture of it. You know, mm-hmm. you got the little arrow pointing, and right. you know, if you've got um, uh, a gap in the fascia or something, you know, you circle it and do your little drawing on it and everything. And that really helps a lot because Mm -hmm. you're not just reading some text that says, you know, two inch gap on West side fascia, you know, whatever. You're like this spot right here (laughs) needs to get fixed. And I'm a very visual person. Yes. So, uh, you know, my comments can be short and sweet, but I take a lot of pictures Yeah, and a lot, you know, to try to really, so somebody can look at it and go, Oh, yeah. Okay. That's what that is. Yeah. You know, because if you just write it out, you're like, well, what's a fascia? Yeah. What are your soffits? That's you know, true. Some, not everybody knows that stuff. You do know? Do you spend much time in the summary, like going over? You know, these are your these are your fascia boards, or these are you know whatever, or do you find that that's not really necessary? You know, if there's if we have issues on you know areas of the fascia, when we get to those, I usually try to explain what part of the house they are. Okay. You know, and, and their yeah. purpose. Yeah. So makes sense. Right. Do you ever, uh, do you ever think about integrating pest inspection? Uh, no, not really. No, you know, I, I want to stick with my expertise. You know, mm-hmm. I, I have other, uh, pest inspectors that I work with and, and recommend and, and even if the agent needs me to schedule them, I'll do that. You okay. Know? So we can kind of handle all that, but I can focus on what I know and let them focus on what they know. So that way we can, you know, give, do the best we, we can for our clients. Yeah. There you go. Mm-hmm. Cool, man. Well, uh, before we wrap this up, um, 
what what do you kind of see Guthrie's booming right now? Yes. You know, I think we've seen that over the last year or so, um, probably longer. But what do you see, you know, happening uh, here in Guthrie in the next couple of years? You know, I mean, a lot of good things are going on in yeah. Guthrie right now. I love it up here, and we're we're highly involved. My wife's the secretary of the football booster club for the high school, so we're a lot in, involved in a lot in Guthrie, and and uh, there just a lot of good things. You know, we we were at the the state wrestling tournament last night, and Guthrie had three state champs. They placed second in in the team standings. No and, way, uh, and they won dual state this year. So, in in the football team. You know, they went uh, pretty far into the playoffs and had a great year, you know. And uh, so all that attracts, you know, families and, and, and stuff. And, and uh, so I, I'm excited to, to see what happens around here because I love the tight-knit community and the, and, and the way everybody is. I love it, too. Yeah, it's a good feeling. And I, one of the things I love uh, and I kind of nerd out about is the the history of it all. Yeah. You know, I love the old houses, the old buildings, the the stories. Uh, yeah. You know, I one of the things I really want to do is that ghost tour. Oh, yeah. Dude, I've, I've never done that. But I, I, we haven't done it either. But no uh, kids have. Yeah. It sounds kind of cool. And my wife's got this book. Uh, it's like the Haunted Guthrie. Yeah. And it tells some of the, the ghost stories. And I kind of want to go check some of these See, places I, out. I'm kind of a, I'm like, I don't want to play with stuff like that. You no? Know? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm into it. <laughs> scares me. I don't want to wake anything up. <laughs> yeah. <It> scares me. <laughs> There's a, have you heard the stories about the Bluebell? You know, I, I've heard a, a lot from time to time. You know, you've got the old... You know, the Dominion House used to be an old orphanage. Oh, know? I didn't know and that. So, so growing up, even I was from Edmond, which is just the neighboring town south of here. And we would come up and it was, you know, abandoned, run down. And, really? You know, you'd go running through it and stuff and the cops would come and run you out. And, you know, that was, and there's quite a that few stories. That was an abandoned orphanage. Yeah, there's there's quite a few stories about that place as well. Oh, You know, man. so I, I've heard a, a lot of them from time to time, but. You know, I don't remember stuff very much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, especially stuff like that, because that's yeah. this. My brain works the same way. I right. hear it, and I'm like, "Oh, that's cool." Yeah, and then I'd never and retain any right. of it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I used to hear uh, stories about the uh, the Bluebell, and you know how it was a saloon, and you had a brothel upstairs, and I guess some of the some of the guys downstairs at the bar would get excited or something and they'd fire a round or two off oh. sitting at the bar yeah. and then they'd accidentally shoot someone that was upstairs. And so oh, wow. I, apparently there's been a lot of, a lot of deaths there. Yeah. And, I'll have to ask uh, my wife cause she, she wouldn't know. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be cool. You don't have to let me know. I want to, you know, she might, yeah. Yeah. I'll have to ask her. So. <laughs> cool. But, well, hey, man, if, if anyone wants to get more information on home inspections and, and what you do, what the process looks like, mm-hmm. how, how could they get in touch with you? Uh, of my Google page, you know, yeah. you can reach out that way, inspect1.info. Inspect1.info. Yep, and that'll give you all the info you need to, to reach out. Uh, we have online scheduler there, you know, so it's as easy as that. You can go to the website, hit schedule an appointment, the calendar, ask a few questions, you know. Wait, so you mean I, I could schedule these inspections and I never even have to call you? Absolutely. Oh my God. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Uh, Are you? On I don't any? tell a lot of people that because I like to talk to people. <laughs> yeah. <you know>? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Are you on any of the social medias? Uh, Facebook, but you know I'm really not active on uh, a ton on on them. Yeah. You know I'm just. Fair enough. You know, like a, uh, 
I don't want to be too busy. You, know? <laughs> <laughs> you like your time. I like my time. But no, it's all great. And and I've thought about, you know, we, we're getting to the point in the business where I'm like, I've got it down. Yeah. You know, so now it's time to to level up. Okay. Know? Because I felt like the first couple of years, you're, you're still getting your feet wet. Yeah. And really learning. That's when you're really learning. Oh, yeah. Right. You know, and uh, so I, I feel that I've come across everything, you know, multiple times now. You know how to handle situations and and uh, you're more comfortable with with uh, moving forward. At least that's how I am. You've got that you confidence. Know? Right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. For sure. So uh, and, and you've got your your timing down, your system down, you know, to where uh in the first, I was just practicing on my friends, you know. So, <laughs> but now you feel like uh, you know I'm comfortable in my system, you know. I'm confident in it, and yeah. and uh, and uh, so it, that makes it easier to to branch out. For know? sure. So. Well, I'll be interested to see what you do next, or or how you add to or integrate new businesses into Inspect One. I think there's a lot of opportunity, and you're such a smart guy. And um, you know, some of the conversations we have, I I, I can tell that you know you've got a very high potential. You can do a lot. Right. It's just a matter of keeping your, uh, you know, work-life balance and, right. and yeah. keeping your time. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> well, cool, man. Hey, I really appreciate you coming to chat with me and, and hang out and, you know, have this conversation. Yeah. I got a lot out of it and uh, hope to have you back sometime. Yeah. Anytime, man. I appreciate you having me. For sure. Hey, uh -huh. Thanks, bro. All right, guys. Thanks so much for tuning in. I appreciate it. If you would like to get any information from Sean, learn anything new about home inspections, check it out, hit him up. Or if you're purchasing a home and you're looking for a fantastic home inspector, Sean Taylor is the man. All right, guys, we'll catch you on the next one. Take it easy.